Welcome back to Sacred Space here on West Limerick 102. My name is Lorraine Buckley and I am delighted to introduce Father Michal Liston. Father Michal, you've been doing a lot of research on Lourdes recently. Can you tell me what you found out, please? Well, I have been a student of Lourdes for a long time, but I think the first thing that must be said about Lourdes is how beautiful a human experience it was for the young girl, Bernadette. 14 years of age, poor health. Uh, her family were going down in the world because of financial situation. She wasn't... She, um, and on that moment, in the 11th of February, 1858, around midday, when the other two who were gathering sticks with her had gone off on their own, she was left behind, taking off her stocking at the stream, when... She had a, a gust of wind. And then she looked up and saw nothing. And she was taken off her second stocking when she had the wind again. And this time looked up and she saw a light. And it took the shape of a beautiful young girl. And the apparitions of Lourdes are 18 meetings between this 14-year-old girl and this light in the shape of a beautiful young girl. And it was an experience of friendship, of joy, of beauty for Bernadette that sustained her all her life. I think that's the first thing I have found out about Lourdes. And I think we must never lose that sense of the wonder of the friendship between uh, Bernadette and the young girl who appeared to her 18 times. Now, from the beginning, other people were saying that she was... That was Our Lady was appearing to Bernadette. But Bernadette was very careful. When the sergeant, after about three days, the local policeman was very, got a bit cross with her and said to her, so you're seeing the Virgin? No, I didn't say that. Uh, well, the people are saying it, I know. And the sergeant said, it isn't the local paper. I know, she said, but I didn't say it. So you didn't see anything then? Oh, yes, I saw a light in, in the shape of a beautiful young girl. So the poor sergeant was getting frustrated with her. And that kind of frustration went on a bit because Bernadette would only say what she saw and heard. And she didn't change her story to suit anybody. And the poor parish priest was being driven up the wall when he heard that this beautiful young girl was saying there should be a procession and to build a church. But the parish priest said, who is it? And she said, I don't know. So eventually, anyway, the big day came towards the second last apparition, the 25th of March, Feast of the Annunciation, when Bernadette uh, really stuck into her friend and she said, uh, look, I must find out your name. And, and the fourth time, because up to that, all the, the beautiful young girl was just smiling at her. And then she stopped laughing, says Bernadette, and she said, I am the Immaculate Conception. Now, poor Bernadette, of course, didn't know what that meant. But she was so excited, she kept repeating it, ran up the road, up the town, into the parish priest store. And you know what she said to the poor man? She said, I am the Immaculate Conception. <laughs> and, the, and the parish priest was getting a bit nappy and was in the point of saying to her, who do you think you are? But he stopped himself, thanks be to God. And then Bernadette realized what had happened. And she said, look, she said that I am the Immaculate Conception. And at this stage, when the parish priest heard this, he felt this was a bit 
this was a bit strange. So I said, look, he said, I, I, I'll talk to you later about it. But from that on, he was really convinced. Now, before that, during these law apparitions over, spread over two or three months, he was getting, uh, for like, wondering, was there something really happening here? Because the first apparition happened at the beginning of Lent. And all during Lent, there was more people coming to confession and coming to Mass and saying their prayers. And the parish priest said, this is a strange Lent. This is working. And uh, so, therefore, the, it wasn't just an experience of Bernadette. It was an experience of the priest, but an experience for the local community. Now, I mentioned the joy and the friendship. Now, that's very important. But after the, about the eighth apparition, I think it was, I have my notes here now, that there was a change. An element of sadness came into the thing. And afterwards, when she was asked to explain, she said that it, it, our aquero, our division, began talking about sin and the sadness of sin and, uh, and began talking about the conversion of sinners and praying for the conversion of sinners and doing penance. And that was an added note, but it was a note of sadness within the larger joy and the larger scene. And that stayed with Bernadette, that, and she would sometimes do penance. And when she was asked for an explanation, she'd say, for, myself, for sinners, for myself first, and then for others. And then the third part of the apparitions was when she was uh, told by the, the, it to go and tell the priests to bring people, come in procession and build a church. So that was what you might call Bernadette witnessing, which she was a great witness. She was only 14. She had no education. She had very poor French because she spoke a local language. But she had an extraordinary sense of calm, no interest in making an impression on people. She had common sense and she had a sense of humour. And when she wasn't being quizzed by the parish priest or the guards or somebody, she'd be down the road laughing with the others. So they were all intrigued by her. I love the story of the, the very important learned priest who said to her one time, I don't believe you. And Bernadette said, sure, I wouldn't ask to make you believe at all. I was only asked to tell you. And poor Bernadette left them all confused because she was so simple. But, but another very important thing, I think, is that when Bernadette was enjoying the company of this beautiful young girl, her face used to be completely transformed. And there was an atmosphere of prayer. She'd be saying her rosary. And, but other people came along and they were fascinated by the face of Bernadette and her appearance and the beauty of that. And they began to pray. So the whole experience around the grotto that founded the present great centre of Lourdes was an atmosphere where people came together in prayer and were fascinated by the beauty, Bernadette by the beauty of the young girl who appeared to her, but the other people by the beauty of Bernadette. And by and large, those early people who came to pray with Bernadette were the poor and the sick and those in need. And it was only after a while that the, the nice people began to turn up. And they got a bit of a hop when the, when the ugliness and the sadness of the sin began talked about. But when the water appeared and the curative powers of the water, again, it was the sick and the poor. And it was they were the, the engine of it. And I better stop now, maybe, but I put... 
and go on forever talking about Lourdes. But one of the things that happened, the priests were very careful. God forgive him, I suppose, priests are trying to be cagey. But the, the ordinary people were the ones who gathered around Bernadette and prayed at the grotto and came to the well and drew the water. And the, the, the miracles happened, the first cures happened among them. The authorities, the civil authorities, got pretty rough on them, not just questioning Bernadette, but uh, the people. And when the people began bringing statues and rosary beads, they kind of said, look, this is illegal. They had no planning permission. And, but the historians talk about the struggle between the local community and the authorities. And the way the local communities were convinced they had something beautiful here and they were going to hold on to it. And it didn't get violent, thanks be to God. And maybe that was one contribution the priests and the bishops made, that they kept things calm. But the engine, the energy of it all, came first from Bernadette, and then the poor and the sick. And then the, the local parish was a vital element in the whole thing. So down to today, there is the gathering of people in prayer, and the sick are honoured, and the sick are regarded as the ones who help us all uh, listen to, to our faith. And uh, so it's uh, an extraordinary pilgrimage centre of prayer, four million plus every year. But it started with this young 14-year-old girl, Bernadette. And now today, on the 11th of February, is the World Day of Prayer with the sick, the Day of the Sick, when we not just pray for the sick, but maybe listen to what the sick have to say to us and their dignity, their faith, their hope, their, their reminding us that we need God in our lives. Thank you very much, Father Michal. I just love that idea that um, it was the friendship and the joy that Bernadette had with Our Lady and then the kind of the penance came in afterwards. And that's like our relationship with God, that we build up a true relationship with him first, that we experience friendship and joy. And it's then that he kind of asks us to take on a little bit of penance, a little bit of conversion, a little bit of self-giving for others. But it is within the context of joy and friendship. It's not a penance for penance sake. And the, the gentle kindness of the heart of our God and maybe accepting that is a challenge and with the help of the Holy Spirit but also to in some way let go our guilt let go our worries let go ah sure God wouldn't have much time for me I'm, I'm a kind of a real mess of a sinner altogether but that's putting limits on the abundance of God's grace on his joy in each one of us and uh, his joy in Bernadette and I think we're all invited to accept that uh, the Lord is a hat for us, for me and for you and for all of us together. I think that's such a powerful reflection, especially as next week we're, we're beginning our preparation for Lent. It's Ash Wednesday next week. And, you know, we can kind of look at Lent as a time to just give up something or maybe do a bit of exercise or lose a bit of weight or give up the fags or whatever it might be. Whereas really Bernadette is offering us almost a model for how we can develop our relationship with God during them because God loves us to bits and he's only waiting for us to open our heart a tiny bit to him. 
Uh, yeah, and maybe to, to, to get tired of the cigarettes or get tired of the alcohol or get tired <laughs> of talking about money or get tired of giving out about the government or about anybody and just like kind of uh, be happy for a while and think of the good things and maybe say an old prayer now and then and support somebody who's in need and be patient with somebody who's getting in your nerves and forgive. And the whole new springtime can bubble up inside in us. Beautiful, Father Michal. Now, tell me a little bit about this book you're writing. You're actually writing a book on Lourdes. How did that come about? Well, uh, uh, 100 years ago this year, the Irish bishops organised the first national pilgrimage to Lourdes. So Veritas, the, the, our national public Catholic publishing company, wanted to mark the occasion, so they wanted a, 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 some telling of the story of Lourdes, a reflection of Lourdes. So I was asked to write that. And at the moment, I'm working on it. And I hope it's going to happen. But in the meantime, I've enjoyed learning about the life and the joy and the healing of Lourdes. Fantastic. And you'd like our listeners to keep you in uh, their prayers while you're writing? Well, yes. And they'll be patient with the with my with my own lacks and I hope the publisher will be able to get on with it. And then I suppose then whatever but paying for the book and buying it, I'd love if people read it. <laughs> Fantastic, Father Michal. Well when you do have your book written, we will have you on to talk a little bit more about it. But in the meantime, thank you so much for your And that was a lovely interview there. Uh, and we thank Father Father Michal for sharing those beautiful thoughts with us. So we're going to go for our second piece of music. Uh, This piece of music uh, we decided to play, obviously, um, The Bells of the Angelus, as it's Lourdes, uh, and this this time it's by Phil Cooter. So listen to this.
Sacred Space.